Riding through the second wave, CEO perspectives. In conversation with members of IMA's India CEO Forum, June 2021. India has seen an unexpectedly fierce second wave of COVID-19 infections, one that has touched almost every family, business and individual. Corporate leaders have had to work double time not only to ensure business continuity and employee safety but also to attend to their own personal challenges and emergencies. This podcast shares insight on how businesses are faring and the lessons they have learned from the last 12 to 15 months of managing a near continuous crisis. A harsher second wave. Compared with the situation a year ago, Businesses are generally better prepared, at least in terms of physical infrastructure, to handle the renewed lockdowns and restrictions. They have well-established work-from-home processes. Many have set up staggered shifts, and digitalization has accelerated sharply across the board. Still, the second wave has hit home harder than the first. Nothing could have prepared businesses for the sheer scale of the crisis or the extreme emotional trauma it has inflicted. Whereas the first wave was a somewhat impersonal affair, this time it has taken on a greater sense of immediacy, infecting whole families and killing many of one's friends and colleagues. In many ways, if the first wave was about managing logistics and infrastructure, the second is about managing emotions. Supporting employees. Prioritizing employee well-being over everything else, organizations have put in place numerous support measures. These include everything from organizing medical evacuations, hospitalizations, medicines, doctors on call, and vaccination camps to supplying oxygen cylinders, concentrators, and ventilators. Some are also providing food rations and care packs, and many have created 24 by 7 helplines that provide various types of assistance. At the same time, rising infections and fatalities, diminishing personal resources and the ordeal of securing medical care have all taken a toll on people's mental well-being. Customs and rituals that could have provided some solace are today impossible to follow, leaving many alone in their struggles and unable to find closure. In response, many companies have set up helplines to provide counselling to employees, their families and even to their friends. Assessing the business impact At the macro level, consumer sentiment and spending have deeply impacted by the renewed lockdowns. Millions have been pushed into unemployment and many more into poverty. Simultaneously, a global commodity price boom is driving up input costs for many sectors. Yet the second wave's net impact has and will continue to vary sharply across industries. Consumer-facing services have arguably been the hardest hit by the second wave, but most expect a V-shaped recovery as the wave subsides. In contrast, there is strong and sustained demand for logistics providers such as the Vuma Group, driven by the year-long lockdown-induced e-commerce boom. Healthcare firms are grappling with significant challenges, including staffing shortages amidst a huge increase in demand for their services. What complicates matters is that being at the front line, healthcare workers are at the greatest risk of infection. Insurance companies have seen a jump in claims, which impacts their liquidity and puts added work pressure on employees. 
At the same time, insurers such as Sriram Life Insurance, which service low premium markets in rural areas and in the lower income segments, have seen declining premiums. Many manufacturing companies, including global smartphone contract manufacturer Foxconn and multinational engineering conglomerate Tyson Group, enjoy the buffer of strong order books, including in the latter case from PSUs. They are continuing with their planned capital spends, as is FMCG heavyweight Nestle, which recently commissioned its ninth factory in India in the midst of the lockdown. Highly seasonal businesses, including air conditioning, have seen a slowdown in sales for a second year running. This is unlikely to be made up for once the lockdown ends, given that their peak sales occur in the April to June quarter. On the other hand, durable manufacturers like Usha International have seen little or no let up in demand. Impulse category players such as confectionery manufacturer Perfetti Van Mel which depend heavily on retail footfalls, saw sales plummet at the start of the lockdown. However, given their low price point, they expect sales to recover rapidly once restrictions are eased. Sales of agricultural inputs, including those of fertilizer maker Yara Fertilizers, have grown strongly in anticipation of a good monsoon. Acreage under the summer crop is up by 20% this year, implying that rural incomes and therefore end demand should strengthen towards the end of the season. In general, India is better positioned now than a few years ago to leverage investment opportunities from MNCs that are diversifying away from China. Programs like the PLI Production Link Incentive Scheme have the potential to boost inbound investment. Learnings and Best Practices Amidst all of the gloom, Companies are putting in place best practices and other learnings that will hopefully sustain beyond COVID, driving long-term efficiencies in business continuity. Ensuring cultural integration. It has been a challenge to hire new recruits during the lockdown and to fully integrate them with the company culture in the absence of in-person contact. Companies such as PepsiCo have managed to overcome this issue by setting up robust onboarding processes, ensuring clear and transparent communication, and tweaking their operations in subtle ways. Managing the ecosystem. The lockdowns have been particularly hard on businesses that provide goods and services that are not explicitly listed as essential, but which still serve as critical inputs into those essentials. They have had to work hard to build networks in the local ecosystem of administrators, government agencies and politicians who have helped them to obtain permits and licenses. Hopefully, these networks will endure once the crisis passes. Rethinking time horizons. In times of crisis, three to five year plans have become redundant and shorter planning cycles now prevail. Some organizations have learned that both people and operations become more efficient in the face of shorter review cycles and less stringent internal reporting requirements. Building empowerment. Shortening time horizons mean that decision-making today needs to be quick and timely. More and more leaders are cutting back on report writing and sharpening their focus on mission-critical activities. As a result, hierarchies are breaking down and there is a renewed focus on empowering one's teams. Developing empathetic leadership. More than ever, leaders are connecting directly with their people, both one-on-one and in small groups. 
In many cases, this is helping them to understand people's unique personal challenges, situations at an individual level. In turn, this deepens their sense of empathy. Focus on personal well-being too. Last but not least, top managers have come to realize the importance of caring for their own well-being. Whether this includes yoga, meditation or other forms of me-time, they have had to grapple with managing the business while also caring for themselves.